What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Wildfire is the game for this week's episode. Wildfire is a 2D stealth platformer. And in terms of other games to compare to, I hear a lot of comparisons with a game called Mark of the Ninja, which I have not played. But in terms of games that we've talked about before, a lot of similarities with Aragami. I know Aragami is a third-person stealth game, but definitely some similarities there with the level structure and sort of the grading, like that arcade feel after a level. So combine that with games like Celeste, Flynn, Son of Crimson, which we just did, as well as a game called Volume, which is also like that stealth action. The game was originally released in May of 2020 on PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, since then, there's a PS5 and an Xbox Series version. The game was developed by Sneaky Bastards. Great name. Uh, they're a small team from Australia, I believe. And as I was looking them up, I found that in 2013, they actually had a Kickstarter to do a magazine called Sneaky Bastards. Uh, and it was a magazine all about specific stealth games uh, where they would do interviews and like each magazine issue would be focused on one particular game. As far as I saw, there was only one iteration and their first uh, game that they looked at was Dishonored. So I don't know if it continued. I couldn't find anything past that. And in fact, their website has actually been discontinued. But definitely a cool idea, a magazine on stealth games. I'm glad that they kind of kept together and formed the studio and made this game. The game was published by Humble Games. Once again, this is a great indie publisher, and we've seen time and time again just great games come out of there. Previously, Flynn, Son of Crimson, Eichenfeld before that, Dodgeball Academia, Hat in Time, and Void Bastards are just some of the great games coming out of Humble. The game was released at a price point of $14.99, and runtime, if you're just going straight through the linear story, not trying to retread or redo any levels to get any optional objectives, probably take you maybe seven hours, but sometimes I'm playing this game and you can really get sucked in or really want to do one of the optional things for a level. You might retry it like 10 to 15 times, so this might actually get you up over 15 hours if you really want to sink your teeth into it. The game does have a platinum trophy for our PlayStation listeners. It seems a bit tough, about 2% completion, and the, a lot of these trophies are completion heavy like beat every level without getting alerted beat every level like killing all enemies or not killing anyone me i'm playing this on playstation 
and I got it on PSN on sale for $11.24. And I've put in a little over four hours, I would say. Uh, there's, I guess, like four biomes that different levels are in. I am in the third one, um, and I've gotten, I think, the last elemental power-up. So I'm pretty far along, and I might actually go back and try to do some of the optional objectives in some of the levels. In terms of recommendation, no one really recommended this. I hadn't heard anything about it, just saw it on sale. And the idea of it being like a super pixelated game and being a stealth game, 2D stealth game at that, just seemed really interesting. And I really dug the trailer, so I decided to take a dive. Let's talk gameplay for Wildfire. So let's just go over general format. So like a lot of the 2D platformers we've talked about before, there's an overworld, there's a level select, so you're like moving your character on this overworld map. And when you're in these levels, these are like stealth levels, like a start to finish. So you start at a certain area and you have to like get to a certain area or achieve a certain objective. And then at the end, there's like this arcade-esque grading system, much like we talked about in Aragami way back. And you can retry the level as many times as you want. You can play it your way. It's definitely giving you options or, you know, how you want to go about it. The game overall has this linear progression, uh, but sometimes there'll be like cutscenes in between levels, or sometimes if you get something new, there'll be like a tutorial kind of paste right before you start another level. So when you are in level, let's talk about the stealth platforming that you're going to do. So it is a 2D game. You can walk side to side. You can hold a button to run. You can jump, and there is ledge grabbing, which is really nice. You can grab on the side of the ledge or through a platform from underneath. Um, you can climb vines that you'll see. There's some combos, too. Like, you can get a running jump to really get better distance on your jump. Uh, there is also hiding, and you'll find this really early on. Anytime you see patches of grass, you can kind of go walk into them, and your character will automatically, like, crouch and hide. And then when enemies come back and forth, they'll, like, walk right by you. There'll be a lot of crawling through. Your character will have to crouch down and crawl through. You won't have to press anything. They'll do it automatically. And if you're running when you go through like a crawling thing, you'll actually slide all the way through and it's kind of cool. You'll also be able to pick up things and throw them. So you'll be picking up like barrels or different objects. Uh, you'll be sometimes picking up people because there'll be like civilians that you have to save in a level. And then you'll be absorbing or picking up an elemental spell uh, whenever there's a source. And we'll talk about that specifically. But all these things can be thrown and they'll all be thrown the same way. I'm playing on PlayStation, so when I move the right stick, it kind of brings up this throwing arc, and it'll tell you pretty accurately the trajectory of what you're about to throw, whether it's going to hit something in between, or whether it's just going to go where you're going to go, and then kind of what the result might be, depending on the object that you have. While you are holding something, there are some limitations. Now, it depends. Most of this applies to just objects and people. Um, not elemental spells, but for the most part, when you're holding like heavy things, you can't run, you can't crouch and crawl through, 
and that also goes for when you're holding elemental spells, and you can't hide. So if you're holding anything and you come across a patch of grass, you'll just stand straight up, so you won't be able to hide. Your character won't crouch and hide automatically. A lot of this game has to do with alerting enemies, since it is a stealth game. So you'll see enemies sometimes standing in a particular place and not moving, and then there'll be enemies kind of on patrol that'll just be walking back and forth on the same platform, and then I believe the auto setting is that once they get to like a stoppage, like a cliff or a wall, they'll just kind of stand there for a second, turn around, and go back the other way. Enemies can be alerted in two ways, sound and sight. In terms of sight, it's not obvious. I think it's like a half or a third of a screen length they have sight, and it has to be like in a straight line, so at the same height. It's not always clear, but we'll talk about indicators that come up so you know. But the other one is sound, and whenever your character is doing anything, if they happen to make a sound, there'll be like a circle that comes around them pulsing, uh, and that tells you like the radius of that sound. And if there's an enemy in that radius, depending on how big the circle is, uh, they'll get alerted. And so a lot of things like running, that's definitely going to have a small circle pop up with each stride. Uh, If you fall like a long way, you'll hear a loud thud, and then you'll see the big circle kind of pop up and pulse. When an enemy is alerted in any way, there'll be color-coded indicators that pop up over their head. Um, Sometimes it'll be a question mark. If it's like an initial inquiry, it'll be like a singular exclamation point if they see you. And then it'll be like a triple one if they're like scared or being shooed off in the other way. They'll be color-coded, so like the initial one is yellow, and then if it starts to fill up to red, then like once the red is filled up, they'll see you and then they'll run after you. And then if you're out of sight, like it can switch to gray or yellow and then you can slowly see the circle kind of deplete the color. Anything that you might see in a typical stealth game like Dishonored, like Aragami, games like that with these indicators, it's pretty self-explanatory. If you run into an enemy like direct contact, you'll automatically get hit. So as long as they're not scared, if they see you, you can't run at them. And you can't, I've even tried jumping over them, and you'll see them swipe the sword. It's like kind of a lost cause to do that. You will have hearts. Your character, for the most part, has three hearts. And so if you get hit three times, like you're dead, and you have to start over or reload. There were rare cases where I was able to kind of avoid it, like if I ran at them and they weren't facing me, I was sometimes able to jump over them in time. But it's really tough. Like, you're meant to not confront enemies. Other things you can do, uh, you can startle enemies. You can scare them and send them running. Uh, A lot of that is going to be the different spells that you cast. Like, you light things on fire, and it causes them to be crazy. But sometimes when you're in, like, darkness, they have a different meter that pops up that says they're scared. And if you, like, go up to them and touch them, they'll get spooked and run away. It's really, really cool. Other things you can do, you can whistle. And so that kind of draws their attention. Uh, You can do that by also throwing things. Like if you throw something and it explodes or something like that, that'll cause like a sound wave. And then so like you can distract them and then have them walk a certain way if you need to get past them in some way. And like I said, you can hide in tall grass. And so if they're patrolling back and forth and you just run up to the grass, they can walk right past you. When you're in the grass, you can walk past them. Hazards are another thing that you'll come across. So besides enemies 
like running into enemies, there'll be water and you can dive in. You can swim, no problem. You can actually go underwater, but after like maybe five seconds, an O2 meter will pop up. And if you run out of O2, you will die and have to reload. You'll also have a fire meter because a lot of this game is going to be fire based. And if you walk through a fire, you'll see like a little thermometer that pops up next to your character. And if it goes all the way full, then you'll catch on fire and then you'll consistently lose hearts basically until you die. So if you're on fire, you really, the only solution is to jump into some water. But you can like roll through fire or run through fire and not get hurt if the meter doesn't go all the way up. So that's something that that you might do sometimes. Something else that you come across is freeing and saving civilians. So sometimes civilians will just be sitting there and you'll have to get them to follow you. Sometimes they'll be handcuffed and you have to like throw something at them to break the handcuffs. Sometimes it's a fireball. Sometimes uh, you could throw an object and they'll tell you if they need to be unlocked. They'll like a dialogue box will pop up. And then in order to kind of save them, you have to escort them to a checkpoint. And we'll talk about checkpoints eventually. But it's really interesting, the mechanics here, because you can pick them up and throw them. Or you can do these follow commands, and this is the whistle that you have. So the whistle normally sometimes to alert enemies. But if you have civilians around you and you use the whistle, they'll actually start to follow you. Taking them along and saving them is honestly a lot easier than you might think because they do a lot of things automatically. So if you're walking with them and you're in grass, like your character will auto hide and theirs will too. So that's really nice. Uh, They can swim as well. Overall, I would say the AI is pretty good with the civilians. Sometimes like if they're above you on a platform and you whistle for them to follow, like they'll move the same direction as you. So you can kind of like guide them along on another level, which is nice. And if they're coming to the edge of a platform and like they could fall down and, you know, not fall into like a pit or anything like that like they will as long as there's no danger they'll keep walking and following you so really good there spells are another thing in this game so fire is the first one and then as you advance in the game um, you will get access to different elemental spells and so the way that you use these is once you have this power anytime you come across a source of this you can kind of embrace it from that source once you do like if you come across a campfire you embrace it from that source, it'll take it away from that source so the campfire will be out, and then you are holding that fire. So it's like you're holding any other object and the other things that we talked about, the limitations, will apply. So once you have a fireball, you can throw it, and this is going to be the major thing for, I guess, like the first third of the game, is that you're going to use fire to do a lot of things. So when you use the right joystick to throw the fireball, like you'll see the arc that can come up, and then you'll see the result of what'll happen. So if you throw it onto grass, like you'll see like a shadow of a flame coming up trying to tell you that if you throw it onto the grass, it's going to light up this grass and then burn all of it. Same thing if there's like a wood bridge or wooden barrels. You can burn a lot of these things, and whenever you throw it onto something that burns, it'll keep burning everything that's next to it. And this will also be important because a lot of these levels you'll need to move obstacles or even like break through floors to get to lower areas. And of course, like I said, this is also really important in scaring enemies because if you're in a platforming point where you don't know how to get past a certain enemy and there's a patch of grass, you can actually like wait for the enemy to see you and start running towards you and then throw the fire onto the grass and it'll cause 
them to like go crazy and run back in the other direction. So scaring enemies with fire is definitely a big thing. Like I said, if you take it from a source, it'll be gone there. So it's you kind of have to strategize like when you're going to take the fire from a source because if you throw it and it doesn't light the thing you want it to light, then you're out of fire basically. Um, so you have to be picky and choosy about how you strategize when to use certain fire sources. Again, if you're holding a fireball, you can't crawl, you can't hide. If you fall like a long way, you'll also lose it there. But you can run when you have a spell. That's the only distinction between holding a spell and an object. But something that I do constantly in this game is I'll light something like grass on fire to scare an enemy and then when there's a fire, like if there's wood or grass on fire, you can embrace fire again. So it's like use it and then quickly gain it back just so you have a fireball in your hand. And so that kind of brings into the level design aspect of this game. Strategy is a big thing and pretty early on you'll get the option to be able to pan the camera and look further away to kind of see what's next or see where there's another fire. And that's really going to be uh, super important when you're planning your sequence of how to do things because a lot of these levels are going to be platforming but also like puzzles because you have to strategize when you're going to use your element when you're going to you know strike between enemies or when you're going to make a run for it or hide in grass and whatnot and so what I really like about this game is as you get further along you're going to accrue an arsenal of options for how to deal with things obviously there's simple platforming like running and climbing and hiding and crawling and things like that but once you get different elemental spells it's really going to give you different ways of doing things and I really like that because in a stealth game having different options or different ways to play through is really important for the gamer and sort of how they want to express themselves so definitely good stuff there I don't want to spoil too much about the different elemental things that will come up a lot of what you're going to do could potentially be reshaping the level. We talked about like burning different things, whether it's like removing obstacles, you can open and close paths. It's really up to you how you want to go. If you want to go the silent way, if you want to like go in fire blazing, there'll be different enemy types. For the most part in the beginning, you're just going to have a lot of like soldiers who have a sword, so they're melee. So you want to try and not get close to them, but eventually there will be ranged enemies. Um, there'll be enemies that can track you with your scent, so it's not even sound related. So really interesting there'll be different types of things with light and dark we talked about being able to like scare enemies in the dark you will get objectives in each level and there'll be a main objective and then there'll be a special optional objective the main objective for the most part is to just get to the exit you'll start at a certain place and it'll show you like where you need to get sometimes you'll need to get to the exit and also do a thing like you can't leave until you like save at least one civilian or something like that. The optional ones are really good. This is where the challenge comes in. For me, this is what kept me coming back or reloading a level. It might be like, don't use fire at all. Don't embrace fire in this level or burn 90% of all the vegetation, which might be grass and vines. Some of the standard ones, so each level is going to have the option for you to like not alert anyone, not kill anyone. So those will always be there. And then there's also timed runs you can do, like speed runs. And when you beat a level, like you'll see all of these things that are there and it'll tell you like how you did, like did you accomplish this? Did you accomplish this? Like here's the timed run that you're trying to aim for. But when you do a lot of these objectives, you're going to get skill points to upgrade your character, which is really good. Most of what you're going to get are general skill points that you can use for upgrades, like increasing your toss length or the arc, uh, different things like that, making uh, simple gameplay a lot easier 
easier for you. But also you'll be able to upgrade your elemental spells. And how you do that is not by doing any of these objectives that are in the list here. In level, you'll sometimes see these statues, these giant statues where there's like a person holding like a bowl. And all you have to do is take whatever elemental spell that you have and throw whatever the ball is into that bowl then you'll get that elemental point to upgrade that specific element so if you look at the menu for your ability upgrades like there'll be like different rows that go across and at the bottom is like the general one and then when you get a new elemental power you'll get a new row i don't want to get too heavy into the upgrade things that you'll see because i don't want to spoil some of the elemental things that you can get but basically it's like a row that you can unlock four or five different things and then each of those things you unlocked you can add more points to like go up a level so it might be like the upgrade for like distance of tossing each time you get more points like you can actually up that level like i think some of the general upgrades have like 25 levels also in level you're going to have these checkpoint stones and these you'll unlock by just walking across them and these will heal you completely and when they activate, it's a, it'll say like checkpoint activated. So that's one of the things that you can load from. What's also interesting is this is where you're going to have to bring civilians back to if you're trying to save them. So bring them back to the checkpoint. You'll also be able to get access to fire here. And this is interesting because this can play into the strategy. A checkpoint stone will always have fire, so you can always embrace it. And even if you take from it, it's like a never-ending kind of infinite source of fire. So that is something that you can keep in the back of your mind as you're playing through a level. Like if I have a checkpoint stone here, I don't have to worry about like using that campfire or if I'm not going to have enough. And in terms of pacing and accessibility, when you get to a checkpoint stone, uh, it'll save for you. And if you look at the pause menu and click reload, there are different options for what you can reload because the game, anytime you go across a checkpoint, will save. And there's also auto saves, like when you're in particular places in the level. Like if you get past a certain point, the game will auto save. When you go to the reload menu, you can reload the last auto save, you can reload the last checkpoint stone, or you can restart the level. And so I really like the options here. If you want to reload at any point, you can do that. It's very Hotline Miami in that way. So I just like that you're able to approach things any way that you want, and if it doesn't work out, you can immediately kind of reset. Also on the pause menu, it lists all the objectives. So like if there's something that you've accomplished so far, like if you've done this optional objective, like it'll keep a record of that. It'll also list like how you're doing with not alerting enemies or not killing enemies, constantly showing you those different challenges or different objectives that you can access. What I also really like is that there are tutorials. Anytime that you get a new power, anytime that you see a new enemy or a new elemental spell, what will happen is when you choose the next level, if it's being introduced there or if you got that power up, you'll go through like a mini trial and it's just like a simple like one screen or something like that um, where it's like, hey, you got this new thing. Here's how it applies. Like here are the limitations of it. Very similar to what happens in Bat Boy when you get a new power, like you do a little mini trial. Um, so I really like that. And in general, the game is really good about communicating whenever those limitations are reached or whenever like you can only do this thing a certain way. For example, when you pick something up and you try to run or something like that or you try to crawl through a crevice, like a little info box will just pop up and it says like reminder, like when you're holding something, you can't run. Or And I, I like it because it's not intrusive. It's just informative. 
And also that constant reminder really allows you to kind of put it in your back pocket and remember like, okay, I'm holding something so I can't run, so I won't even try. The rules and logic in general, I feel like are so fluid and synergistic. I love the way that it's like, here are some universal rules. They're simple, they make sense, and they apply to everything. Like anytime you're holding something, you can't crawl, you can't hide, like no matter what you're holding. The rules being that simple and universal allow for you to easily pick it up. And I just like the way that it works with no matter what you're dealing with in terms of the platforming. Like it's always going to apply to this, this, and this. So, And I really think it, it paves the way for you being able to play your way. Like we talked about the different arsenal options, not just like all the extravagant elemental abilities that you're going to get, but just like the basic platforming, like things you can do, like throw things or distract enemies. You have all those options. That coupled with all the different objectives that you can do optionally, like the timed runs, I just feel like it adds so much for you as the player to be able to do on your own and express yourself your way. If you look in the menu, there's also a lot of extra challenge options and customization for the game. Like, for example, we talked about how... If an enemy is on patrol, like they go all the way to the edge and once they reach a cliff or a wall, like they'll turn around and come back the other way. You can actually check a box that says like when they come to the edge, they'll actually climb up a wall and keep going. So little things like that that can add different nuances or different challenges to the game. There's like maybe 10 in the menu that you can click in that'll really change the game. Overall, I just feel like something about this game is just such a masterclass in accessibility and challenge. And anytime that you want to do something extra, if an optional objective is like really exciting to you, like a nice challenge, like you're going to find yourself in a loop where it's like, no, I want to reload this level because I want to do this thing. Like I want to burn all the grass or I want to, you know, light all those things on fire or try it without using fire or something like that. So I really appreciate that as a gamer, like the options and the accessibility and really the ways to make this game your own anytime that you want to go through it like that. Let's talk about the vibe of Wildfire. So visually, super pixelated. Uh, There's no like dialogue busts or anything like that. Everything is just super pixelated. Definitely the character sprites are the most pixelated. The environments are a little more rendered. Something like almost Time Spinner-esque. I do like the color in this game. The environment and the biomes that you're in are very distinguished. Like the first biome or like once you get to the forest or the mountains. The different elements that you get really pop in terms of color. Like you see fire, you know it's there. When you're using fire, it's also a really big deal. Like when you engulf something in flames, like you really see it go up and you see the smoke. And things look different pre and post being burned. I like that when you throw anything, like you see the arc. But also you see what is going to happen. So specifically 
specifically if you're holding a fireball, you need to aim it towards grass. Like it'll show like, here's what's going to happen. Like you'll see a giant flame shadow be there, making sure that you're hitting things the right way and not getting confused. And alert indicators, very big deal for making sure that you know that someone is or isn't seeing you. Even if there's enemies off screen, like you'll see the alert indicators on the side that are giving like the general location of where those enemies are and the different colors for maybe seeing you when they've been alerted and they're coming after you. In terms of audio, really like the music in this game. It has like this Celtic kind of medieval feel, like sometimes a little bit of harp or flute. Um, and it really just adds to the to the lightheartedness of the game, which I love. Sound effects in the game are really good. Um, whenever you get close to enemies and they don't see you, they're going to banter back and forth. Like, you'll see their dialogue boxes pop up, but it's almost like you you hear them talking unintelligibly. Like, almost like minions. It's really funny just hearing them because it almost sounds like everyone is like full of helium while they're talking and whenever they see something that scares them like flame like they're gonna scream uh, like minions so it, in general it's just very silly and very funny and also like the dialogue that pops up like the frequency of the dialogue boxes popping up like as soon as they see you like they're like charge or like uh, we're gonna get you if they're coming at you and then you light a flame that's like oh no we have to run grass is on fire like it's really funny how like the humor that comes through with them in terms of setting and themes this theme is really interesting like where this game is you're a villager in like medieval times and this army came in and like ransacked your village and it turns out that like they're looking for witches so it's like witch hunting and like you find out that you are a witch and you can control different spells um, and you're sort of like trying to progress through and like go to this army and their leaders and figure out why like your village was ransacked like why they came after you so in all the silliness and in all of the extensive good platforming gameplay like there is this story arc of like you trying to figure out who the leader is and why they came after you so there is like an underlying bigger story in this game there are connections like you'll get a lot of context from overhearing soldiers sometimes in some levels there are random notes that are like sitting there and you can read them that give some context sometimes when you're progressing through the game um, there'll be like these stone tablets that have poems on them and they're related to like the different elements and whatnot. I feel like if you sat and read through these, like it would give you some more context. I do like it. It's a nice touch. Also, something that's really helpful is when you go to the pause menu, you know, you're looking at like the different objectives in level, but you'll also get a little blurb about like what is currently happening in the story or what your character knows. And it's really helpful um, for just like putting things together because if you're not reading the notes or the poems or waiting to get context from overhearing uh, different soldiers, like you might miss a lot of the story. And so I like that it kind of provides it to you without having, you know, you really have to dig for it. And that's really helpful. All right, let's wrap up the conversation about Wildfire. So this is a great 2D stealth platformer. It does so many things really well. It has 
excellent pacing and tutorials, the synergy of the rules and the limitations with the arsenal of your different abilities and the strategy that you can use for them. I know we didn't talk about a lot of the elemental abilities because I really didn't want to spoil them, um, but you will get a lot of different things and how it works with the existing rules is just really good and really fluid. The customization, the challenge options, like you're going to want to dive into some of these levels and do the optional objectives and really start to look at the options menu and the different ways that you can make it more challenging for yourself. The game is truly play your way. If you liked Aragami, you're really going to love this game. Again, I got wrapped into a lot of these cycles in some of these levels. Like, oh, no, I want to do this, even though I didn't have to to progress. The game is simple. It's lighthearted. It's fun. There are a lot of little touches in this game. I talked about the enemy behavior, like the sound that they make or how they react to when they see you or when they see fire. Like, it is silly. It is over the top. There's so much more special touches in this game that I hope that you explore. In terms of value, I think $15 is a perfect price point. It is worth it to buy this game full price. Again, it is worth it to buy this game full price. I don't often say that. It's just something about the amount of depth that's in this game, customization, replayability. I just think $15 is a perfect price point. If you ever see this game on sale, it's a steal. It's an absolute steal. I mean, I got it for like 11 bucks. You should absolutely play this game. It's such a great marrying of stealth and arcade. With 2D platforming, like I said, games like Aragami and Volume. We talked about Flynn, Son of Crimson, our last game. A lot of similarities, even games like Celeste. I feel like it is a great marrying of all these experiences. And so I highly recommend that you play this game. Alright, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.